You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, I'll be honest. Um, I was not in a good mood watching that game pretty much from start to finish. Um, but I got over it pretty quick. I, 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 and I don't think it's necessarily because I'm evolving as a human being. That would be silly. But um, I, I really think it's just because it's kind of silly to be really angry. And a lot of people are very angry right now. Um, look, you got to get over this one, man. I mean, I, I, I just got to be honest with you. If you can't get over this, that's bad. What's going to happen if we lose to the Vikings? How are you going to handle a playoff loss or a Super Bowl loss if you can't handle a six-point loss to the Chiefs with no Aaron Rodgers? Come on, man. And, and, and again, I shouldn't say again. I talked about this a lot on my... Uh, I, I recorded my um, other podcast, which will be the Rant Podcast or whatever I'm calling. I still don't have a name for it, but it's the premier... Premier, what is the word? Premium podcast, I guess, on, on Patreon, but... One of the things I talked about is a lot of people, when they're trying to rationalize their anger, they rationalize it, right? So I'll, I'll say, for, let, let's do a little role play here. I'm saying that's silly to be really angry about that game, and you know that. And somebody will respond, well, it's not the loss that I'm angry about. It's the fact that Jordan Love was so terrible, and we wasted a pick on it. It's the fact that special teams is so terrible, we should have never hired Maurice Drayton. That was a terrible hire. It's the fact that blah, 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 blah. No, dude. Dude. The Packers lost by six to the Chiefs with no Aaron Rodgers. Also, Bakhtiari, Jair. It's basically a tie game if we don't miss two field goals. Okay? You, you have to get over this one. You just have to. I'm sorry. You got to do it. If you can't get over this one by today, if there's fighting about this on Twitter, on Monday, or on, in my Facebook group on Monday, you're hopeless. So take some time, figure it out. Some bad stuff happened. Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> Whoop-de-doo. And again, I'm recording this just a little while after the game ended. I'm already over it. And I, I yeah, it was a little bit of a basket case, and I probably shouldn't have been, but you know. Frustration at the time it happens, it's, uh, it's frustrating. But um, we, we got to move on from this one, right? And, and so now it's really just about evaluation, which is kind of what I said um, yesterday or the day before or whatever, where this is sort of like a preseason game. There's a lot of evaluation to be had here. I, I'll say this. I think my biggest disappointment is going to be different than a lot of people's. My biggest disappointment, and it wasn't the whole team, which is nice, but what I said this team needed to do to win was to rally around Jordan Love. We needed everybody to really step up and have a good game because it's going to be a tough environment for him. And we can't have silly mistakes. We can't have that kind of imploding stuff. And, and ultimately what we need is, is to prove that we're still a mentally tough team, that we're not going to look at this and say, we got no Aaron Rodgers, we got no hope, we got no chance, I quit. Because again, that's going to be the key to us winning a Super Bowl this year. Did that look like a mentally tough team to you? You can blame Jordan Love all you want. The mental errors by the coaching staff, 
yes, by Jordan Love, but Jordan Love's kind of outside of this conversation. He's not the guy that's going to win us the Super Bowl this year, Aaron Rodgers is. He's not a part of our starting caliber team that's going to help us win a Super Bowl. And also, he's the guy that we needed to be strong for because it's his first ever start. But despite some people showing up, there's no question that there was a lot of imploding, even if we're going to say it was just the special teams, because that was unbelievable. Again, at least six points given up as a result of special teams. There was the first missed kick, which I believe was on Corey Bajorquez. It may have been the snapper, I don't know, but they showed the replay of it, and it looked like Crosby immediately was scolding Bajorquez for holding, and you heard uh, one of the announcers saying that he didn't get the laces out. On the second one, I believe there was a bad snap, and somebody just let another guy in, and it got blocked. So that, I mean, that right there is a tie game. I know, butterfly effect, who knows what would have happened. But the point is that's six points. That, that makes up the difference in this entire game. But not only that, the Chiefs scored one touchdown in this entire game. Do you know what one weird thing happened? How about a shanked punt? A 38-yard punt that gave them the ball at about the 50-yard line. That was the one time they managed to get seven points. And again, and I, you know, it's real hard to criticize Matt LaFleur because I don't really know everything. And I think I'm going to get a better picture. And I do plan on doing this probably Tuesday, actually looking at the film, which is something I have not done all year. I pay money for Game Pass. I've literally not used it once this year, but I can't get myself to cancel it because it's like, I, I, I should be using it. But I, I the only reason is because I want to see, you know, I mean, it's hard to know how much blame you want to put on Lafleur calling a ridiculous game and how much is Jordan Love just not seeing the guy that's wide open right there. But I will say I don't understand this game plan. I I shouldn't say that. I do understand it, but I don't like it. It seems to me the Chiefs dictated to us the entire game. The Chiefs said, we're coming hot after you. We're going to stack the box. And so you're going to have to stand in the pocket and throw the ball down the field. We're not going to let you take short, quick passes because we're all standing right at the line of scrimmage. You're going to have to get behind us and throw deep passes. Matt LaFleur looked at that and said, okay, sounds good. The way that they're standing along the line of scrimmage, the way that they're showing us the numbers... Uh, these are the plays that are going to win. Listen, no, I'm sorry, no. We dictate to you. When you prove you can stop it, we'll do something else. Here's the thing. They proved that they could not stop it. Despite stacking the box, we dominated on the ground. From what I can remember, a lot of these short, quick passes went for positive yards. At the very least, we're getting three, four yards easily. In fact, I, I don't know how many times I was upset Because on second and 10, because we just got done throwing an incompletion on first down, we end up picking up four or five yards. And instead of being excited about a second and five, I'm upset because it's a third and five or a third and six. And it's like, if this had been second and six, we could have got it down to third and two and given Jordan Love something more manageable to play with. But again, we looked at the line of scrimmage, we looked at eight man in the box, and we said, nope, we have to throw it. I don't understand that at all. Pound the rock with AJ. It was working, right? This is no different than what happened with Arizona. We beat them to death with AJ Dillon. We tired out their defense and we won the game. We were on track to do that and we just got away from it. We quit. We put in Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones did okay, but not quite as good. Later on, Aaron Jones came in and he dominated. But again, we got away from that too. And I just feel like, again, it was it was Matt LaFleur and the offensive coordinators 
the guys up in the box saying, this is what they're giving us. So in other words, if this is Aaron Rodgers, you're looking at this and you're having an absolute panic attack because it's like, dude, oh my goodness, this is so easy. This is so easy. Look what they're giving us. We got single high. We got man coverage across the, uh, across the board. We're going to have probably two guys wide open on this and it won't take very long. Listen to me. It's Jordan Love, and they're blitzing eight guys. He's going to have 1.5 seconds to read and react and figure out where to put the ball. He's not built for that. Play your game and make them beat you. And they couldn't do it all day. But we quit because they scared us. They scared scared us off our spot, and we played their style of game. And there's no reason to do that. I think this could have gone a lot better. And and Jordan Love did have a good drive. It ended in a a pick, obviously. Um, But... uh, he did, he did show some promise, but the point is, if we had had this robust run game, point is, I, I, I guess I just wish they, they showed up a little bit more, and, and I, I, I kind of feel bad even saying they didn't show up because the defense was just, can we just sit on that for a minute? What in the world? I, listen, the, the Chiefs' offense is struggling. There's no question. There were a couple drop passes. We got some gimmies there. There were a couple penalties, like we said. There weren't every, any, any turnovers, although there were some dropped turnovers and whatnot. That was a great defensive performance. It just was the the you know stopping the run. I know the announcers at one point had said something to the effect of they're having some success running. They had some decent runs, but they also kind of got smoked a lot. <laughs> uh, I thought the coverage was phenomenal. The they they got pressure when they needed it, and and again, just look at the look at the the end result. Thirteen points. That's it. And we're talking short fields. I mean, they they literally recovered a punt that we touched on like the five yard line. And, and is, did they come away with three on that or nothing on that? What happened? I don't, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Somehow they didn't get two touchdowns in this game. And I don't know how that happened, but um, I mean, I'm trying to think just defensively and I'm, I'm kind of all over the map right now and I need to focus because I'm, it's technically bedtime and I haven't even started because I'm on, I'm spending all my time on Twitter right now and it's really not helpful to me. Um, but I'm really trying to think like if I had to just dog somebody on the defense right now. Who who was the one guy that was like, dude, you're trash today? Who was it? Like I I can list several people that I didn't notice specifically. You know what? That's what we're going to that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to do a little defensive appreciation. Um typing and singing when I type to fill time. All right, I'm going to go player by player just to make sure I don't miss anybody. And I'm, I'm going to see if there's anybody I can find that was real bad. Otherwise, it is what it is, right? Dean Lowry. He ended up getting hurt. I thought he had a good game. Didn't notice anything super specific aside from one really good pass rush and, again, getting hurt. But I thought he had a good game. Kenny Clark. Didn't really notice anything. Got hurt. Not talking about that right now. Lancaster. Didn't notice. TJ Slayton. Phenomenal game. Re- I mean, again, I don't know what his PFF grade is. Maybe he had some bad s- stuff in there once in a while. That dude was a monster in this game. I, 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 almost every major run stop that I saw, Slayton was on top of the dude. So I'll be interested to see what he did. I'll be pretty stunned if at the very least his run defense grade isn't pretty good. He might have like a 40 overall grade because his pass rush was like a zero. I don't know. But I'll be stunned if his, if his run defense grade is not great because he was looking great. Preston, I saw, didn't notice a ton. I know he had some pressure on that final play, and a couple other times it looked like maybe there was something there. Didn't really notice Preston a ton. Rashawn, pretty much the way it works with Rashawn is um, there's like two drives defensively that we have. Rashawn doesn't have any pressures. Adam on Twitter 
sends me a message because he hates Rashawn with a passion. The second we drafted him, that's been his number one goal in life is for Rashawn to be terrible so that he can mention how terrible Rashawn is. He'll send me a message talking about how terrible Rashawn is. He has no pressures. And then shortly thereafter, he gets a sack. He gets a pressure. He gets this. He gets that. And he's just hunting out there. So, um, again, I don't know exactly how his overall game was because there were most of the snaps. I didn't see much impact. There were a lot of times when uh, Pat Mahomes did have a little more time than I would hope. But I, I did notice him, and I saw him having a quite a good game, including, again, some really impactful plays. Uh, Whitney Merciless, I didn't notice at all. Chris Barnes, oh my goodness. If he isn't the highest graded player on this entire team by the end of this, I'll be kind of surprised. Aside from like some random, uh, you know, offensive lineman like Elton Jenkins or something graded out real well, which I would doubt considering how this game went. But I'll, I'll be a little surprised. I mean, maybe a guy like Savage, who we haven't gotten to yet, who had a great game. But Chris Barnes was a freak, an absolute freak in this game. Devondre Campbell, I thought, had a good game. Wasn't his normal just tearing it up kind of a, a game, probably because Chris Barnes was taking all those opportunities away. But again, he's just, he's always there. Solid tackler. I think there was one time where it wasn't the cleanest tackle in the world. And it was kind of like, oh man, that wasn't, that wasn't like peak Devondre. But just, again, he's just, he's solid. Um, how about Oren freaking Burks? Where did this guy come from? He probably played like five plays all game and he had one of the better tackles of the day. Uh, Jonathan Garvin, I only saw it there once. I didn't really notice him doing anything. Um, cornerbacks, Kevin King, no real complaints. He had the dropped pick, which cost us three points. And again, if we just look at like, whether you call it mental errors or whatever, and how much those cost us three points. Cause Kevin King dropped the pick three points because of the, the missed field goal, three points because of the block field goal. That's nine points. And again, seven points on a shanked punt. Not that that's the entire reason they still had to drive down and score, but they're all based on mistakes. There's a, there's a field goal in there somewhere. I'm assuming that was the muffed punt recovery. Maybe I'm getting these mixed up a little bit, but you get my point, right? Every single one of these was a pretty big blunder on the part of the Green Bay Packers. Every single point for the Chiefs at some level was a massive blunder, um, all of which except the Kevin King drop were special teams. But anyways, otherwise, I thought he had a pretty decent game. I mean, there, there's some tough competition. I don't know how often he was going up against Tyreek. I'm guessing not a ton. The only real problem I had with Kevin, and this is a pretty uh, normal thing that happens a lot, is he plays off and he plays soft. Um, And sometimes you don't mind. I mean, you know, once in a while he'll kind of fly up there. The first time that it happened, I was mad at everybody else because he was like playing contained, just keeping the guy from getting past him, and he had no help. But I got real mad the one time. It was like a third down, and he'll give up five yards and just kind of stand his ground and and try to not let him get him past you got to stop the first down, dude. You have to go meet him. I know that if you charge at him, there's a better chance that you're not going to tackle him because he's going to juke you out of your shoes. But if you don't try to make a play, you're giving up the first down. You have to give it a shot. And he just won't. He'll stand like one yard before the um, before the first down marker and just hope that he doesn't bowl him straight back. And of course, he's going to. If he can even make the tackle, he's going to fall backwards. That, that annoys me. But he didn't get killed in this game. Uh, Eric Stokes didn't play. Chandon Sullivan is uh, getting death threats on social media or um, had one person say that he should, um, you know, well, I don't need to talk about it, but just some really horrible stuff because of that last play where he had to cover Tyreek Hill for like five minutes, which is pretty pathetic. But um, I, I don't really, aside from, again, aside from that last play, which he got turned around like five times because Tyreek's running like six different routes. 
And it's, it's, you know, it's really nobody's fault. At the end of the day, you have one of the most electric, just laser-fast wide receivers that you have a slot corner in Shannon Sullivan who is not at that level. I mean, he's an, an unbelievably talented cornerback that is a great find by Brian Gutekunst and the staff who've brought him in, and he's just a mainstay slot corner for us that's just been dominant. Uh, he had to cover for a long time, and it wasn't the pass rush's fault. The pass rush got there, and, and Pat Mahomes broke the pocket. Rashawn was right at his heels. And at the end of the day, the one time Pat Mahomes looked like Pat Mahomes and made an unbelievably incredible throw across his body, throwing, you know, as he's going down to the ground with somebody hanging on him, right to Tyreek, you know, what can you do? It's one of those things where the only thing that would have happened if he didn't, you know, slip and fall and break his ankle because it's Tyreek freaking Hill is probably a hold. If I'm being completely honest at that point, you're either going to let the guy get open or you're going to hold him. There's just, there's no way. And again, I know I don't need to explain to any one of you, but apparently some people out there don't, this wasn't the defense's fault, all right? It just was not. At this point, and, and they still didn't give up any scores, obviously, because they just ran out the clock. But at this point, this is entirely on the offense. I mean, come on. And special teams, even probably more so than the offense, to be honest. Anyways, continuing on. Uh, Amos, I didn't even notice all day, which is not a bad thing. Savage, I absolutely noticed. That dude was flying all over the field, making tackles, um, doing all kinds of great stuff. Anyways, I, I want to take a break. It's probably going to be a relatively short podcast. I want to take a break, and I want to come back, and I want to talk specifically about Jordan Love. Because again, people are just getting way too whipped up about this. But um, before we do that, we have officially reached 270 patrons. I'm actually very excited. I know I was a little depressed yesterday because I found out there's podcasts with like 10,000 patrons making $100,000 a month. <laughs> That's uh, I can't even breathe right now. That's so crazy. But um, also gets me a little bit excited. Maybe I'll set the bar a little bit higher. But uh, 270, I know, is a new high. We had a, a period where a bunch of people dropped off. I was at like 269. We lost a ton. Finally back up to 270. I would love it if we can push it, because you know how I love unrealistic expectations. If we can, by December, be to 300, that would be pretty cool. So 30 more patrons by the end of the month. I'm going to keep pushing Patreon, like big time. It's bonus content, special podcast, whatever. I'm going to get that goal. Uh, but thank you very much to Mr. Josh Hooley for jumping in on Patreon, as well as Mr. Zach Newberry. Those two guys helped to uh, push me over the top. If you'd like to support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. You can get involved with all the questions and answers, the polls, um, the, the Discord for just $1. If you like this podcast, you want to listen to it the night before with zero ads, two bucks a month. Bonus content, uh, cooking, grilling. Any little bonus things that I decide to throw on there, I'm still kind of playing with that $5 to uh, as well as Coach Hawn. He has a film breakdown of Jordan Love. Obviously, at this point, the game's already over, but that kind of stuff is going to be on the $5 tier. That's, that's probably my biggest value discrepancy because <laughs> that belongs on the $10 tier, but I, you know, we'll call it bonus content, put it on the $5 tier. That is a great thing. And then at the uh, $10 and up tier, I guess, is the bonus podcast I've been doing every single day. For those of you that like the rants, um, whether it's um, very sort of serious, like tomorrow's is going to be a very serious, more political um, type of thing, that's tomorrow. Or if you just like me talking about aliens and nonsense, that's also what I'll be doing. It's literally anything and everything. I'll probably be doing like question and answer type stuff, um, non-football related, just for fun, just to kind of see what we come up with. 
I'm excited about it. I'm having fun. And it's a new thing and we're kind of just exploring it, but that's 10 bucks a month. And it's a new, essentially daily podcast. I don't, I don't think I did yesterday. We might not do weekends. I don't know, but uh, we'll call it Monday through Friday. And uh, again, I'm having a lot of fun. Take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. All right, let's talk about Jordan Love a little bit. Um, Again, there's kind of a a debate right now, largely about whether or not Jordan Love is trash and we should hate him and, you know, be disappointed in him and cut him and this is garbage and we have to keep Aaron Rodgers and pay him whatever he wants and we're never going to... Or it's all Matt LaFleur's fault and Jordan Love didn't do it. Again, we, we always have to find a line to divide everybody and then start attacking each other. Here's here's the thing. Let's, um, let's first look at his actual statistics because I think we get kind of caught up in, well, he was so garbage. He was so terrible. And I think what we saw was a stagnating offense, and we kind of just put it all on Jordan Love. And, and I forgot who it was that said it. I think it might have been Matt LaFleur, but it was actually. He was at his press conference. He said, you know, quarterbacks, I think, get a little bit too much blame when things don't work, and they probably get a little bit too much credit when things go well. And I think that's a little bit what's happening with Jordan Love. But uh, here are his stats. They're not super great, but um, certainly isn't the worst in the world. 15 completions, 28 attempts, 133 yards, and two interceptions. Um, oh, wait, I'm sorry. That that was Aaron Rodgers in week one. Sorry about that. He Silly mistake. Eight completions on 15 attempts, 65 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. 36.8 uh, 
completion, or excuse me, passer rating. Oh, wait, no, no, that was, that was Aaron Rodgers again in 2005, um, his first real game action. No, Jordan Love was 19 of 34 for 190 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. You know what's hilarious about this, by the way? And yeah, I'm, I'm going to do what you all know I'm going to do right now. <laughs> I'm so happy. But, but no, I, 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 this, is, this is very serious, though. First time ever playing. Offensive line can't block. They're blitzing like eight guys every single time. 190 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. If these were Justin Fields' stats, you know where that would rank this year for him? If I had to try to quantify where that would rank, that would be his second, maybe his best game this year. I would say it was his second most yards. Justin Fields has gotten to 209 yards once. He got to 184 yards was his next most. Justin Fields, or excuse me, Jordan Love had 190 in his first outing ever. In that game with 209 yards, though, which is 19 more yards, he had zero touchdowns and a pick. In fact, the game where he had 184 yards, he had zero touchdowns and three interceptions. In the, in the next game, he had, in the next two games, 175 yards, a touchdown and a pick, 174 yards, a touchdown and a pick. So Jordan Love had a touchdown and a pick, but he had 190 yards, so that's better. The only one that you could say competes with it is his game against the Raiders where he had 111 yards, a touchdown, and no interceptions. That's the only game you could really argue was better than what Jordan Love did. But, but again, to put that into perspective, Justin Fields is still considered a great prospect. A lot of people really believe that if he just had a better game plan, if things were just a little bit different, if blah, 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 different environment, different play calling, all that, he would be just elite. Jordan Love, in his first start, maybe had a better game than Justin Fields has ever had as an NFL football player, arguably, based on these stats. Ever had. And he's washed. He's trash. He's Kaiser. He's Hundley. Get him out of here. He's garbage. Done. Better stats than Rodgers had the first time he played a, it wasn't a full game, but it was, it was a half a game. It was his first game action. Way better than Rodgers did. Better than Justin Fields has done all year. And it really just wasn't that bad. I mean, there were a couple bad decisions. He should have checked it down. He decided to launch it down the field. But I also, again, I think we should have run the ball more. I think we shouldn't have called those shots down the field. You know, even that interception, you say, well, it was a bad throw. Well, yeah, but where does the ball go on a good throw? About five inches shorter, you know? Shouldn't have thrown the ball. Shouldn't have maybe called that route. He wants to get it to Devontae. Why? Because Devontae's going to win 50-50 balls. He threw him a 50-50 ball, but it was just, again, five inches too far. Maybe three inches too high where Devontae only could get one hand on it instead of two to come down with it. That was his pick. By the way, Patrick Mahomes, 20 of 37, 166 yards and a touchdown. And I think there were two dropped interceptions in this game, at least one for sure. If Kevin King catches that, Jordan Love outplayed Pat Mahomes. In fact, I don't know why we would argue that he didn't outplay Pat Mahomes. Well, that's not true. Because we're biased. Because we know Pat Mahomes is a really talented guy, and we already came into this game assuming Jordan Love was Brett Hundley. Because every time somebody comes in to replace Aaron Rodgers, it's literally been Hundley or Kaiser or somebody else that's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. Somebody that makes us very sad. So the fact that he literally outperformed Pat Mahomes in this game doesn't resonate with anybody. You've got people on Twitter right now saying Pat Mahomes is back. Back to what? He played worse than Jordan Love. So listen, I'm not saying Jordan Love is going to be anything great. I mean, this was, this was a, a kick in the stomach. He didn't look good. He looked rattled. He looked confused. He couldn't throw downfield shots. He just, I mean, 
very Justin Fields-esque. If he had time in the pocket and the guy was open, he could make a beautiful throw. It's the same thing I've said about Justin Fields this whole time, but that was pretty much it. If the guy was covered, he couldn't get the ball where it needed to be. And there were some that were the guy wasn't even covered, but the the uh, placement wasn't great, which is something I've said in the past. I actually really like his ball placement in college and whatnot, but it was not very good today. I'm not saying it was a good game because it wasn't, but it was a heck of a tough game. And I, I just wish that we had played a slightly different game plan. I wish we would have just kept, continued to ride A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones and just beat up this defense. Even though the D, I understand, you all look at the stacked box. So what? We ran against a stacked box all day. A.J. Dillon almost averaged six yards per carry, and we ran him eight times in this game. What? I mean, that, that's crazy. We ran the ball 20 times. 20 times. Jordan Love threw the ball 34 times. I don't know how you can't be a little bit disappointed with with uh, with Matt Lafleur in this game. And I understand there's, for example, at halftime when we were short on time and wanted to go down and make a play, you're not going to run the ball. And then when you're down 13 points and you have to go down and score, you have to start throwing the ball a little bit. But you didn't have to throw it all that much. You could have run the ball. In fact, as much time as we were burning, throwing passes in the middle of the field and then huddling up and then going to the sideline, and we could have just run the ball faster than we were probably throwing the ball. But at the end of the day, none of this really matters. We don't know what Jordan Love is, despite the fact that everybody wants to just completely get rid of him and he's trash and all that. He's better than Aaron Rodgers was the first time we got to see him. He's better than Aaron Rodgers was week one, that's for sure. He's better than Justin Fields has been arguably this entire season. He's better than Pat Mahomes was in this exact game, the other quarterback on the other side of the field, with his dropped interceptions and terrible throws all day long overthrowing everybody. We don't know if this is going to be the guy. He certainly didn't prove it today. I was hoping he would, and, and maybe that's where a lot of the disappointment comes. We were hoping that he was going to come, and he was going to ball out, and he was going to show that he's better than everybody thought he was going to be. I was hoping that was going to happen. It definitely didn't happen. And I even said in that press conference, he made me nervous because he seemed shaky, and he was shaky in this game. But you know what? He started to loosen up a little bit. That second half looked better than the first half, didn't it? If it wasn't for that pick, we're looking at that second half going, dude, he kind of picked it up. He, he started to figure it out. But he threw a pick, and then he came back and got a touchdown. I don't know that next week he doesn't get a little better, and the week after that, and the week after that. By the way, people were talking about, who? what is the guy's name? These reporters are absolutely driving me nuts. Ryan Wood. Ryan Wood is very adamant that he was horrible today. He wasn't great. Fine, the stats aren't great. But um, at the end of the day, who cares? Is Jordan Love going to get better? I don't know. I don't have the information, and neither do you. Wasn't a great start? Oh, well. But what, again, let's, let's, let's stop focusing on things that aren't ultimately super important. And again, if you want to go, oh, how is it not important? He's supposed to be the quarterback of the future. We don't know that he's not. We've already established that. We don't know Aaron Rodgers is gone. We don't know Jordan Love is trash. We have not established anything in that regard. So, Trying to focus on more immediate, pressing, important things. What did we actually learn about the 2020 Green Bay Packers? And when I say, excuse me, 2021 Green Bay Packers. And when I say 2021 Green Bay Packers, do you think I'm talking about Jordan Love? Because I'm not. What did we learn? Nothing bad. Well, I shouldn't say that. We learned that, and I, I, I hate to say this, especially after I just went on my tirade about canceling and whatnot. Not that I have any influence or whatever. I I don't wish negatively uh, toward anybody, but Marie Strayton should not be our special teams coordinator next week. I don't know what else to say about that. I I don't know what else to say. 
that was a complete embarrassment, and it's every single week. And this was this was the worst of the worst. This we're going to lose games because of special teams, and that's not even a question. We may have lost this game because of special teams. This game may have been lost because of special teams. But by the by the postseason, and that's the other thing. I don't want to switch special teams coordinators when it's too late, and and now we have to like relearn things, retool things, whatever. Let's do it now so that by the time we get to the playoffs, we have somebody a little bit better. And I'm not saying that you just find pluck some special teams coordinator out of the special teams coordinator tree and everything's going to be fixed, but this is beyond broken. This is terrible. This is awful. This cannot stay this way. Every single facet of the special teams is completely broken. We cannot block field goals to save our life. And I don't mean block their field goals. I mean block for our field goal kickers. These blocks are unbelievable, and it's happening all the time. Do you know how rare field goal blocks are supposed to be? Like, it never happens. If you go an entire year and none of your field goal kicks are blocked, that's not weird at all. It's not weird. And every single time we're we're kicking field goals, I'm I'm stunned when it doesn't get blocked because there's people just swarming all over the place. Even even just field goal kicking. Mason Crosby has missed so many kicks, and and I can't imagine it's because of Mason. Maybe some of it is, but we know that it's the blocking is a major part of it because some of these missed kicks, quote unquote, are actually blocked kicks. We know that the snapping is now a problem because we've inexplicably got rid of our long snapper, who I grant, I understand he's had some issues, but we've also never had anything completely break down because of him that I can remember. Like he's he's not great, but same thing I said with our punter when we got rid of J.K. Scott. It's like I don't like that. Because I just don't want somebody that's just the worst. And J.K. Scott, no matter all the hate he got, was not the worst. He may have had bad kicks like Corey does, like he did today. But he also had good kicks and mediocre kicks and everything else. And it just, he wasn't going to lose us a game. And I just, I'm, I'm scared of that. And this long snapper, all of a sudden, is like, oh no. This is, this is disaster territory. And uh, again, even with Corey's shank, it's, uh, there's a little part of the back of my head that's like, I don't know, he's never done that before. And we got a new long snapper and all of a sudden he does it. That seems weird. I don't know. We got muffed punts, guys that that can't catch. We got guys taking balls out of the end zone who've never gotten to the 25-yard line. It's inexplicable why they would even try. We've got penalties constantly. It's horrific. And I I just, as hard as it is to say, I don't know how Maurice Drayton keeps his job. I don't envy being Matt LaFleur and having to make that call. But at the end of the day, you got to man up and do what you got to do. And I don't know how he keeps his job. I just don't. Everything is broken and it's getting worse. And, I mean, he does a great job of screaming at people on the sideline. He clearly doesn't tolerate it, but anybody can scream at a guy on the sideline. Your unit doesn't know what they're doing. It's embarrassing. It's truly embarrassing. And it's one thing if you got a returner that just can't catch or, you know, can't really break tackles or, or just stuff that's really not the, the coordinator's fault. you got a kicker that can't kick. But it's operations that are broken. broken. Snap, hold, kick, it's broken. Again, blocking, tackling. It doesn't work. So that's a problem. What I was trying to get at, though, <laughs> as far as what we learned, is defense, dude. The defense is dominant. We already went through that. But that again, of the things we learned that matter, of the things we learned that we can carry on, the defense is, is, is number one. There's, there's really just two takeaways that I, that I can come away with. Because everything else, you know, uh, Chris Barnes had a great day. What does that tell us? It tells us he had a great day, and he's probably going to have one or two more and a bunch of bad days because that's Chris Barnes, you know? He has good days, he has bad days like a lot of guys. Today was a great day, and I'm extremely grateful that it was. 
but I didn't necessarily learn anything. Defense, I've learned that this defense doesn't quit ever. When was the last time they got just whooped? Week one? And again, it's like, well, it got wasted. This week, yeah. But with Aaron Rodgers back, what? it's certainly not wasted. And yeah, clearly, if Aaron Rodgers was playing in this game, we embarrassed the Chiefs, even with the special team's blunder. I think we absolutely embarrassed the Chiefs. If for no other reason, then, you know, it's, it's the defense wouldn't have tried to do to Aaron Rodgers what they did to Jordan Love, which is a benefit in some ways to Aaron Rodgers because he doesn't want to be under duress the same way Jordan Love is. That could be real devastating. But the Chiefs wouldn't try that because he's just too intelligent. He's been in the league for way too long. He's going to see that one-on-one thing. And unlike... You know, Jordan Love, where he gets the call and this is just the play, he's going to look over to Devontae and be like, dude, here's what we're doing. He's going to throw him a little hand signal, and Devontae's like, dude, I already know. They're going to do that thing, and it's game over. Jordan Love doesn't have that ability to change things at the line of scrimmage, and I think he did a couple times with positive results. But mostly it's just basic checks, which, you know, there's a difference between changing the play and checking. Checking is just, there's one of two options, and I'm going to the second option. Usually it's, you know, it's a run, we're going to the pass. It's a pass, we're going to the run. Aaron Rodgers is diagnosing the defense, saying, this is the defense you're in, this is what you're going to end up doing, and here's how we can beat it. I'm changing the entire play, all the routes, or your route, or this route, or whatever, changing all that. And Jordan Love just isn't there. And even if he was, there, he probably doesn't really have that much leeway. I don't think Matt LaFleur wants him to do that, because he's just not experienced enough. And so if they're getting a bad look, it's just a bad look. Nothing you can really do about it. But yeah, if Aaron Rodgers is in this game, we would have killed the Chiefs. It wouldn't have even been close. And so it's funny, I've seen a couple of Bears and Vikings fans try to like pop off and say, you guys are, you guys are goofy, man. You guys are just goofy. Um, I think it was a Bears fan said something like, welcome to mediocrity. Like, dude, we, we're not staying. We're just visiting. <laughs> we're just visiting your neck of the woods. Yeah, it was a mediocre performance. It was. That sucked. I don't look forward to that being us like every day. Certainly don't. And by the way, do I think that the Green Bay Packers are going to push real hard to keep Aaron Rodgers in town? Yes, I do. Do I think that they would potentially, if if this doesn't scare Aaron Rodgers away, would they forego Devontae to keep Aaron Rodgers? Absolutely. Would they forego Zadarius and Devontae? Of course. Zadarius hasn't been here all year, and Devontae, w- without Devontae, we, we managed. If they could make that work and restructure his contract, I'm not saying that's what they have to do, but at this point watching this game, would you rather have Jordan Love and Devontae or Aaron Rodgers without Devontae? I mean, it's, it's, it's such a stupid question. And again, this, this, is, this is still with the understanding that maybe Jordan Love is... is fine or whatever, but the Packers are looking at this right now saying, Aaron can get the job done. We have an offensive line right now that we like. We have a defense that is freaking scary. By the way, this is this is such a young team. Aaron Rodgers isn't necessarily young, but if you can squeeze five years out of Aaron Rodgers, and I don't know if that's possible, but if you can, the youth of this offense, the youth of this defense, the youth of our head coach and our defensive coordinator, you can more or less keep this unit together for five years. Just throwing it out there. Anyways, uh, we'll get into the the nitty-gritty probably a little bit more tomorrow. Um, We're also going to be listening to other teams' misery, which is going to be great. We may do that a little bit earlier because I do have to go to Illinois, so a lot of that uh, stuff is going to be hard for me to do when I'm not home. So we'll see how all that works. Maybe we'll save that until later in the week when I get back and whatnot. i got a funeral to go to. But i got to get going to bed. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. The Packers are a very good team. With Aaron Rodgers, this is a great offense. The run game is scary, and this defense is one of the best in football, no question, and that's without stars like Zadarius and Jair. We had no Stokes in this game. We lost Kenny in this game, and the defense did not slow down even a little bit. In fact, I don't even know what our defensive line was because I think we lost Lowry 
Kenny, and we had no Kiki going into the game. <laughs> you guys have a good day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.